Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, the CMS Network, and the CMS Rumble page. We are live at those locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. For example, for a giant annual fan hangout episode which will be next friday december 22nd at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time uh i don't know i don't i'm just ready to talk about some octavarian man screw the rest of the intro let's bring on brian what's up man i was listening back to this record and i forgot how much i like it so i'm pumped up to talk about it a little bit we've done it we did a deep dive with our very good friend rich wilson and uh this should be interesting to rank the songs you are currently listening and watching Brian's Avatar. I have gone the Kiss route, and uh, no longer will be performing live. Wow! We, gotta, we have to talk about that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like cartoon characters or something. Have you, did you see that? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know how it's going to work. They said because they're they're saying oh concerts are going to be you know, done with Avatar. I'm like, who's going to pay to see that? <laughs> Hanna Barbera. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Concerts yeah i just had to say that really quick because i don't know i saw it and it was like it looked like it would like it would look like it would have been super cool like if it was the 70s and you could see kiss cartoons but i don't know about now yeah i but <laughs> i i don't i don't know man i i just it's an interesting idea but not to do concerts like i mean are, are they going to actually like charge people to sit in an arena and watch that like i mean who's going to do that i i don't know what they're talking about it's kiss they've got some kind of grand money making plan but uh yeah octavarium uh i don't know when i want to do some of these points if i should do them now or should i wait till the end what do you think it's kind well, of it's kind of weird <laughs> well i mean usually your points aren't very good so i might as well yeah. get them out of the way <laughs> let's save them till later then okay <laughs> they'll we'll hopefully be slightly better than what your points are which are <laughs> aren't they always <laughs> exactly well good friend kale mcleish is tuning in always good to see you man he says I have a feeling our rankings are going to be very different, and I'm going to walk out with less of your respect. Kale, that's not possible. We couldn't respect you any less than we already do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. He walked right into that one, Kale. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, no, Kale, we're not going to respect you any less because you think differently than we do. We're a couple of dummies, man. This is just, it's just an opinion. And like assholes, everybody has one. So not a big deal. Um, yeah, th this is this is a cool record, man. Like, it, it's funny because, like, you know, doing the Dream Theater show, I've listened to them so much that I don't revisit things a lot. So 
I did that for this ranking, and it's every time I've done that with this record, I come out of it going, God, I I always forget how much I really enjoy this album. I think the production's a little thin. We talked about that on our deep dive with Rich. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's some great stuff on here. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a very consistent record, I would say. I mean, it was easy for me to do my rankings, but that having been said, I think all the songs on the record are good. You know, I there's not any song where I'm like, eh, you know, this was, you know, obviously like way below the others for me. How about you? I'm going to go ahead and, and, and instead of saving this point now, th- this is my my sort of my four year period where I wasn't that excited about Dream Theater. OK, um, started with Train of Thought and into this album. And then when Systematic Chaos came out, that was when they really, really wrote me back in. And I, I don't know what it is. It's I think there's something about the sequencing on this song, the sequencing of the songs on this album. Sometimes it just feels really kind of plotty, and and it's great musicianship, you know, and I, and I like a lot of the riffs, but I don't know, there's it, nothing on here where it's like I just totally inspires me to rock out, other than maybe one or two songs. There's there's a lot that I'm just kind of like, I I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I did an episode of discography discussion about the band and one of the things that i said was that they have this kind of streak of albums that were kind of reactions to the ones to the one before it and this is definitely right in there because you know you had six degrees which was you know kind of like a mini you know it was a concept record for you know the second half of the record you know double album and the heavy stuff was going over great live. So they said, well, let's write a heavy record. So they wrote train of thought. And then some fans crapped on that. Oh, it's too heavy. So they said, Oh, we got to write a classic prog album and go, you know, the opposite direction. And so that's what Octavarium is. Um, I, th- I think they nailed it. I-, I really think they nailed it. Um, but you are right. This is not an album that you, you, you rock out to. This is kind of like more like a, a mellower listen in their catalog. I I'm, I don't know if there's a mellower listen in the catalog. Um, I mean, the astonishing, but that that's almost in a category all, all of its own. So, yeah, it. I don't know. There's just times when I'm like, man, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how it. You know, it's just. I don't know. It's, it just feels sort of gray all over on this album, and, I, and that's kind of how I felt on Train of Thought too. And then when we got to Systematic Chaos, I thought, oh man, here we, we're kind of branching out, and it's, I think it's yeah. way more, way more melody on that album, obviously, but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I still, as I did in the beginning when we started this, I still have, I kind of have new appreciations for this stuff, but still kind of ranks, you know, and, and not my favorite era of the band, exactly. Okay, um, I, to me, this is kind of a, Kind of a heyday, really, for me, actually, because I think James's voice was in top form. He had finally recovered from, you know, the breakfast accident in Cuba. Um, you know, the, the crowds were getting bigger and bigger. Ob- obviously, you know, this one, you know, has some, you know, a little bit of, you know, personal. It's a little bit personal for me. Uh, go ahead and, you know, drink or, or do whatever game it is that you guys are doing every time I mention this. But, you know, be- because this was the record they were touring you know, for when I saw him at score, you know, um, I, I this one always kind of has an interesting place in their catalog for me because I have a, a, a little bit different view of it because there's there's a little bit of added memory to it for me. So, um, 
but yeah i mean i i just think it's solid i mean there's even even the songs that you know are at the bottom of my rankings i'm like you know i don't skip them you know it's not like okay well if i could only listen to a little bit of dream theater like i wouldn't skip anything on this record so i uh, got a lot of comments coming up thank you guys for jumping into the chat always appreciated ali studio says hey guys what's up my favorite track on this album is the root of all evil and the title track good call there chastity crawley will definitely disagree with you planet of shapes good to see you man he says yay this is the album that got me into dream theater 15 years ago zoning out jamming to them with headphones on on the way to track meets very cool man chastity crawley who will be one of our guest hosts next week on uh the fan hangout show she says so excited had two extra weeks to listen to it on repeat yep and you probably still hate you uh still probably hate the uh, title track yeah and she says it in the comments yep <laughs> Robert Husted, awesome. Good to see you, man. He says everyone's first pick should be Octavarium. All right. Now are you saying first, like first place, like top ranking or bottom ranking? You gotta gotta clarify that. So <laughs> no, okay, there he is. The, yeah. yeah he mean, he number means one. number one. Okay. He's he's yeah. talking number one. Okay. <laughs> there it is, Robert. He mentioned it again. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to reference it without actually saying it. I'm trying to figure out a way, but for people that don't tune in on the regular, I, I have to at least let them know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Kale bottoms up. Nice. Arturo J. Kale Ortiz. Good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. He says, Sacrifice Sons is my favorite. All yeah, right. He, he's going to want to tune out really quick then. <laughs> just, just, re just remember, Arturo, opinions are like assholes. And we each have one. So great. Um, all right, so why don't we jump into this? Uh, obviously, it's eight songs, and um, like I say, th this is this is proggy. Um, I I would disagree with you. I think there's a lot of melody on this record, um, but definitely not heavy. I, I, I again, the astonishing is kind of its own beast. If I had to pick a record that I would say is right up there with this one in terms of like a lack of heavy material. This may sound kind of strange, but I would actually kind of look at the self-titled record because I think there's like three ballads on there. There's some mellow like it's it's not as mellow as this one. And I know there's, you know, the enemy inside and, you know, um, illumination theory and stuff like that. But, you know, that one to me kind of strikes me as something that would be up there with this. So um, Kale asks, are we ascending or descending? We are going from eight to one. So bottom to top, Kale. Come on, um, Kale. You've seen this show before. We have to start with one. Kale, Kale's working a lot of hours lately, man. He's a little oh, tired. Okay. All right. So, alrighty. So, I will let you go first. What, what out of eight songs, which is your least favorite on Octavarium? Sacrifice Sons. Okay. Yeah, I. You know, what's the other thing that's kind of interesting on this, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna always probably press preface most of my points and throw out the title track because it's its own total entity right but most of the songs on this album don't really have like dream theater's famous for the 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 you know the a b c and sometimes even a d you know melodic motifs or changes in songs and really outside of the title track this is the only one that kind of has a lot of sort of different things now it's, i think it's the second longest song too so maybe that's why okay but uh, I I don't know it just um just really slow draggy the way it starts out you know um you know again kind of depressing 
you know, minus the kind of, I mean, it, it is really sort of a depressing song. Right. Um, so I, I don't know in what instance, like, if I want to get pumped up or even if I just want to kind of be introspective and sad or something, I don't think I'm going to put this song on. So I, this might be the one I would say <clears throat> for me would possibly would be a skipper, but uh, it's next to last anyway on the album. But yeah, I got to have Sacrifice Sons at the end here. Okay. The song just doesn't doesn't do a lot for me. I mean, James, you know, his voice sounds great on this, as you said. I, I think it was kind of a um, sort of a return to form. It really sounded good on this, but but oh, that song just doesn't do much for me. I I have some thoughts on it um, that I I will I will get to when it, it you know I get to it in my ranking. The one thing I will say, you you said it's sad. The thing that always struck me as odd about this song is that it you know it's a it's about nine eleven, but they did it like. You know, it was like four or five years after 9-11. And that always kind of struck me as odd because you could have done something, you know, on uh, uh, Six Degrees and then you could have done something on Train of Thought. It was kind of interesting that they waited as long as they did to do it. And I mean, it may, maybe, you know, the wounds were fresh. I mean, that's, you know, their home state and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, You know, pretty much their damn near their home city, really. Um but that always kind of struck me as weird because, you know, I was like, well, you know, and I hate to say this because, you know, I don't have a problem with the song, but I, it always kind of gave me the feeling like I like I, I thought we were done with with this type of thing where 9-11 is concerned. But, um, you know, uh, Chastity Crawley says they perform it overseas in countries that aren't predominantly English speaking. It's a little odd to me. I think I, I think Chastity that it's like. I, I don't know. I, it, it's just it's different, I think, for Americans because of the subject matter. So I think overseas, it's really just kind of it's a song. It's just a song about 9-11. But if you're an American and you know the, 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 the content, there's a little there's more meaning to it there. You know what I mean? So I think it's a little different. So, well, and I, um, and I also go back to my disjointed thing. Like you come out of never enough panic attack, never enough into this and then an octave. I don't know. It, it, it just. It's just always felt strange. Yeah. Arturo J. Kelly Ortiz says, I actually prefer the live version of Sacrifice Sons from Score, probably because Mike Portnoy really goes off in the live version. Yeah, that's it, it, it really does gain something in the live environment. I completely agree with you, Arturo. Very good point there. Uh, all right, so my number eight, uh, I'm sure you're not going to be surprised. You said you guessed it already. Uh, the answer lies within. So I I um I don't dislike the song at all. I think it yeah <laughs> one for one. I, I think everybody probably could have could have guessed that. But um yeah, I mean it's a good song. Uh, this is a perfect example of what I said earlier about the album having a lot of melody. Um I, I like it, but I like all the other songs more. So if you're if you're telling me like okay, you can listen to Octavarian, but you got to drop one song, like it'd be easy for me to drop this one. Um, but then again, again, I, I do like it. It's, you know, I I wouldn't even say it's like one of those songs that's just kind of there because, you know, it was middle of the road to lower when we ranked our, you know, did our ballad ranking episode. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a cool song. It's pretty and, it you know, it's 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 nice. It's, it's it, but it's, you know, I, I prefer the rest of the the rest of the tracks to this one. So that's why I have it down as low as I do. So I have that at number eight. So, uh well, since that's my number seven, I'll just go ahead and comment on it, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think I had this as one of the ballads I I, I liked a lot. Um, but again, something's got to be seven. 
you know what's interesting about this song is this is the closest if you go back into the entire catalog and you're, you're listening to astonishing you want to hear something that sounds like it was like this should have been, a, been written for the astonishing like this is dead dead on like the feel of it with the feel of the guitar yeah the, you know, the vocals like you know this album too there's a there's a, a real theatrical sense it's you know i don't want to call it quite rock opera but there's a theatrical sort of thing to probably at least 50 percent of the songs and th this is one of them there's a little bit of a pink floyd folkier side to this thing but yeah this song always you know the more i thought about this i was like this could have been like they could have been playing probably these exact progressions and melodies change the words on the astonishing and i don't think we would have noticed yeah like because i mean that's how much to me it sort of has that feel to it but yeah it's, it's a fun song i mean i think it's a better um to kind of echo what they were talking about sacrifice sons being better live i think this is a probably one of those that translates a little bit better live audience starts singing along and stuff because it's a it's simple enough to where everyone can kind of just chime in and get behind it you know yeah it doesn't have any of those crazy high notes it, it it's it's set up very well for a, a crowd participation thing yep. totally agree with you there man uh rick good to see you man he's tuning in on youtube he says agreed answer lies between answer lies within is a good one but all the others might be better ones uh ali studio says the answer lies within is a pretty song i like the melodies the vocals the very cool acoustic guitar in it and i would say it's my seventh favorite song on the album where would you put this song? Well, again, I have it at number eight, and Brian does have it at number seven. And Kale McLeish agrees with uh, agrees with you, Brian. Says the answer lies within. And he, this, I, I wanted to mention this. Why in the heck did they decide to make this the second track in the album? This right after Root is so jarring. Good song, but kind of bland. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting too, Kale. I, you know, I. But if you think about it, like. The only thing I could think of that would be better to put at number two would be something like I Walk Beside You and then maybe put it in there because the other ones are kind of, they wouldn't really fit at number two. I think, you know, maybe Panic Attack, but I, I think Panic Attack fits better where it's at, like right smack in the middle. See, I would much, go so. with these, I would go with these walls second. Like to me, that would be kind of a no brainer. All right. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I like it third, but. Um, I, I like it I, third I, too because, well, I won't say why, but <laughs> nice. because we're past Lance lies within, right? <laughs> there we go. Well, my my number seven is never enough. Um, good song, cool groove to it, and everything. Um, I've said it before on the show. I'm a big fan of the lyrical content. Basically, Portnoy telling fans to fuck off. Um, I like that people just being too up as you know, too you know, not appreciating what he did for all those years for them. And uh, him, this is him finally spitting venom back at him, being like, "Dude, come on! Like, what more? What more can I do for you, people?" Um, and and I, I've always wondered since he left the band, like, how vindicated he feels, you know, and and how this song kind of takes on a whole different meaning, because it's like, "Oh, I wrote this song and you didn't listen. Now look, <laughs> be careful what you wish for." <laughs> yeah. So, um. But yeah, I mean it's a good song, but you know it doesn't go to too many crazy places. I think this is definitely a Jordan-driven song to me. A uh, lot of lot of piano, a lot of different key textures in it. Um, I, you know, I I, I like the chorus. Of, what would you say? 
bam, 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 bam. You know, it's got some cool stuff in it. It's it's a very unique song in their catalog. I think I I can't really think of many other songs that sound like it. So for that reason, I I, I like it. I just again, you know, like with the answer lies within. I like other stuff on the album, you know, more than I like Never Enough. That said, I think you know the orally speaking, a u r. Uh, orally speaking i think it's very interesting and i enjoy it for that reason so um cool tune cool tune uh all right so that's my number seven what do you have at number six this is working out good i've got never enough <laughs> but i actually have the la guns song so i didn't <laughs> which we actually play in our grunge and glam band by the way we actually sound pretty good on that one there you go um yeah, you know, we talked before. We they call this the Muse song, um, and that oh, course, yeah. the, the course you were talking about is example of song. That's a that's a real kind of theatrical way of, you know, sort of trying to draw the listener in and and yeah, you know, the dynamics of it and stuff. <clears throat> there are a lot of little cool, quirky little keyboard things. This is kind of out there uh, for Dream Theater in terms of name me another song in their catalog that sounds like Never Enough. I yeah i have no idea what it would be and, and there there's a few of, of those on this album and this one kind of st- always sort of stuck out to me it's like wow i wouldn't even if you took the vocals i think if you took the vocals out you would have no clue this was dream theater on the song yeah <laughs> but uh yeah cool song man i mean i i, I dig it you know it, definitely not one of, i don't think it's one of the stronger songs on the album so i've got it at six but uh there's a lot of little cool things going on this one i think the keyboards probably save it um a little more and and i I like the fact that james is sort of taking on that sort of that muse persona when he's doing it it changes it up yeah no it's funny you mentioned that i I had forgotten that this was like the the muse song um i like this much better than any muse song i've ever heard i I will say that i'm (laughs) (laughs) i i I try to listen to that like my the guys in my band especially my drummer like he's a huge fan of that band and i I mean, it's, they got some cool grooves, and there's a couple interesting songs. It's just not my style, and you know, it's well, it's I not mean, Van Halen, it's not Dream Theater. I mean, oh, I, shut up. Talk to your drummer. Why, tell him why is he even bothered? <laughs> shut up, man. But yeah, seriously, like, I mean, well, I try and find stuff that you know I'm into, like you know, something I can grab onto. Like maybe it's a new band I discover or something, and you know, it, he gets really worked up about it. So I listen to it, and I'm like, eh, it's just still not for me. So. <laughs> Chris Aiken, uh, as always, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, he says, uh, if it was called Muse Van Halen, he'd be all in. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. Robert Husted, uh, his number six is never enough. He says, good beat, good lyrics, but doesn't surpass the other songs. Uh, my number six is Sacrificed Sons. And this one could go back and forth uh with never enough for me this was one of the ones that i said um you know i've got i've got two groupings on here that could flip flop depending on how i'm feeling that particular day but um yeah i mean sacrifice sons like i said it it, it was odd to me that they did a 9-11 song four or five years after the fact it seemed like it was you know the expiration date had passed on that sort of idea but um beyond that i i like the music of it i it's it's kind of cool how it's um you know it's really mellow i think this is a great melody in there um 
complete surprise it's just a really beautiful melody and james is doing that breathy vocal that he's just so good at um and it's a very interesting song i i like it a lot and uh i think arturo nailed it up in the comments when he said that the live version on score is the better version i mean it really did bring something out um you know, I think especially, you know, but but then again, you know, they're playing it in New York City. You know, it's about New York City. And so I think there's a lot of motion behind it in that performance, which was really cool. So but yeah, I, I like this one. It's it's cool. But it's you know, when I think of this record, it's it's one of the ones that that doesn't immediately come to mind like the remaining five songs on the list. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've got it down at number six here for uh for my list i know that you already placed it so um ali studio says sacrifice sons okay in the beginning sort of soft driven acoustically but once you start getting you know to the end of the song it just goes metal it's his second favorite song on the album all right very cool man very cool i don't think i don't think i've talked to a dream theater fan that really has this way up on their list of anything so that's pretty cool uh all right so at number five, what do you have? Oh, okay. I just I didn't know if you were done throwing shade at the nine eleven responders. Um, so number oh, five. Oh shut up! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, wow, you really were kind of okay. Anyway, um, number. Oh my god! No, I know. That's what I thought. Number <laughs> five. I've got walk beside you. Um, I don't know where else okay. to really put this other than kind of right in the middle there. Um. I wanted it to be ahead of those others because props to them for making like a cool sort of pop rock song, basically, you know, mm -hmm. a nice little four and a half sing along chant. Um, uh, we talked before. What what else is there other than our new world? Yeah. Astonishing. It, that's like, yeah, that's, it's this and it's these two and I can't find another one. So, <laughs> I mean, there's some you can kind of bend and say, well, they're close, but those these are the two just Captain Obvious, just, you know. There's just a quick riff and a chorus, and and four minutes later you're done. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, our first time I heard this, I was like, is that is that is Dream Theater? Like, I yeah, just <laughs> threw me for a loop. I'm glad they did it. Um, but again, sort of speaks to this album. Just man, it's it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's this is a very original album for them. You know, it it kind of stands out in a lot of ways in the catalog like you know like you said there's you could think of you know our new world as a song kind of like this one you know your number five i walk beside you and not a lot of others so it's like in in that respect it's very unique it's that shorter poppier thing um you know and like like i was saying about never enough like you know it's and you mentioned it's kind of musy and i said yeah there's not really another song that sounds like that and th this album definitely has a lot of stuff that they hadn't done and haven't done since so it's I, I think that I th honestly, I think that's why this is kind of like a closet favorite for a lot of Dream Theater fans or at least way high up on their list, because it is one of those albums that is, you know, it really kind of stands out as having some unique stuff. And, you know, as simple as I walk beside you is, I mean, that's, you know, right there. That's that's why it is. So uh, Robert Husted agrees with you, says I walk beside you, not hating on it. It's a very good song. Definitely a beginner song for new listeners of Dream Theater. Yeah, we I think didn't we have that on our list of gateway songs, I think. Yeah, but I think we should change it to songs that um 
Just fair warning, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> this is really not what the band sounds like at all, so maybe we should we should take that one out of there. And <laughs> Just remove it. And stuck with the ones that a little more, you know, I forgot what was the one we had. Uh, oh, build Me Up, Break Me Down. I think yeah. that was a, that's a little more proggy, a little more, you know. Well, my number five, you're probably not going to, not going to like this very much, Brian. But uh, I have the opening track, The Root of All Evil, at the top of my bottom half of the record. So at number five, <laughs> yeah, I got, I've got The Root of All Evil at, at uh, no, number five. So um, as I said, you know, the first three songs, like they're not stuff I think about when I think about this record. So the remaining five are the songs I think about. So it kind of became like a rating of those five songs. It was almost like a two-part exercise for me. I, I like The Root of All Evil. It's a good song. Uh, it's a great album opener, I think. It was a great show opener the couple times I saw him on that tour. Um, you know, obviously, it continues the 12-step suite. And uh, you know, real, real quick note on that. I don't know if, if you're in any of those Dream Theater fan groups on Facebook. but no, I can't whole, take them anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm in one, and I don't know why I do it. Because there's it's people just, like you in there, for starters. Dude, I don't even <laughs> respond. Like, it's... <laughs> Some of the stuff like, but I, I got to tell you, man, the amount of fan support for them doing the entire 12 step suite now that Portnoy's back is just crazy, but it's, it's very polarizing. It's like half, half the fan base like would, would shit their pants if they did it. And the other half's like, get that idea as far away from you as possible. There's, there's very little middle ground of, yeah, I, I mean, that'd be okay, I suppose. So I don't know. I just had to bring that up because it was very interesting to me. I've I've seen so many posts about the twelve step suite, so but all the people that are against it are alcoholics, and the ones that are for it are actually in the twelve step program. <laughs> go to go to meetings like three times a month for for twelve years. It's the alcoholics that want to hear it because instead of having to go to a meeting, they'll go to the Dream Theater show and hear it. Oh, there you it'll, go. It'll count as a meeting. <laughs> it's like I went like, but um, yeah. So you know, it's a good song, dude. It's got it's got a cool groove to it. Um. You know, I think riff wise, it's a little more simplistic, which I is kind of a kind of a theme on a few songs on this on this record. The the riffs are a little more direct and in your face, and a little more you know simple in their delivery. Um, but you know, it it is a good song. I I like it a lot. It, it you know it's fun. I've seen it live a bunch of times. But of the five remaining songs, I like the other four better. I think there's more there, more meat on the bone for me, with the other four that I have uh, ahead of it. I like the uh, point Robert Husted makes. Dream Theater Facebook groups are weird, bro. Yeah, you know what? Anyone who does a Dream Theater podcast too, that's like totally <laughs> right. that's really fucked up. Yeah. Dude, but I, you know what it is though, and this is kind of a tangent, but whatever. It's our show, we can tangent if we want. Dude, like Facebook fan groups of anything just are the most obnoxious goddamn places in the world. I mean, I I used to like follow a couple different Dream Theater ones and a couple different Van Halen ones and Holy shit, man. You want to talk about keyboard warriorism at its finest? Good God. And it just gets ugly, man, because like people get like so involved in their opinion and they just want to be right so bad. Like there's even like especially in like the Dream Theater one, because it's such an international fan base. Dude, like there'll be like foreign people where English is not their first language. So, you know, they're making typos and stuff, but they, you know, that you know what they mean and it, it's pretty close and but you'll get people like ripping on them for their typing because they don't agree with their point it's like fuck you dude like right. seriously it's well, just the, it's that's all social media isn't it basically no matter what it is yeah 
anymore. Yeah, sports, I, sports fans, band fans. Yeah, I just I I can't take it. And and the people like speculating on what they're going to be doing, like, oh, I know Dream Theater is going to be doing this on this schedule. Like, no, you don't. No, you well, don't. If you think about it, it's a funny thing too. And like we, you know, we, Kale and us, we go back and forth with him because he's a lot younger. So some of our other bands that we that we like, their newer stuff, he likes and we don't. But at the same time, we're like, dude, he likes this stuff, you know? <laughs> he likes the new Maiden, he likes the new Megadeth or whatever. And it's like, that's a win for that's a win for the older generation, you know? Yeah. Rather than be the old guy that sits there, well, you should listen to this other stuff. Like, that stuff totally sucks. It's like, you realize that, like, you're in the group of people that like this music. So yeah. if someone else actually likes something by this band, there's no point in crapping all over. I mean, we joke around. We like to make fun of each other. But it's like, we still know that this stuff is good, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and as much as we joke about having a podcast, like I think, you know, this is why we love the chat so much, like like not to be a cheese ass, but oh, it is the holidays. Oh, um, right. but, you know, not to be a cheese ass, but the, I mean, the chat's great because, you know, we all do have different opinions and it's cool to, you know, hang out in a spot where everybody likes the same thing and you can sit there and debate it and talk about it. And it's, you know, it's fun. It's cool. It's like and, and people bring up great points. You know, everybody in the chat is like. You know, everybody in the chat is bringing up some different stuff that you know, maybe we hadn't thought of or, you know, and it just adds to the conversation and it's it's fun. So I don't understand those fan groups when people are just attacking the shit out of each other. It's like, what what is the point of that? What are you gaining? You know, like you're not earning any fan cred by being a dick to another fan like that just makes you an a-hole. Oh, shut up, troll. <laughs> like... No one cares what you're saying right now. Let's go on to the next song. <laughs> oh, my God. And. Uh... There we go. So Brian got removed from the show because he can't keep his pirate hooker mouth shut. So um, while Brian's gone, I would like to direct everyone's attention to his upper lip as I put him back in the show because he uh, apparently has the bubonic plague on his upper lip again. And he purposely sat far back from the camera so it wouldn't be as visible. So uh, everybody check it out. Brian's back. How did that feel? You dick. Take that. No one could see it anyway. <laughs> No one, no one could see it. You, you were putting salve on real quick while you were off right. Salve. Hey, you have a bottle of salve. <laughs> it's what? That's a legit. Come you, on you, now. You have a list of words, right? That's sitting there that you're like, I got to use this at some point today. All right, salve. <laughs> Look, Cross I'm a moron, but I could use the language, okay? I read a lot of books. <laughs> Good Lord. Some of them don't even have pictures in them. Oh, you're such a fucking shit heel. <laughs> All right. So we are at the top. We are, we are in our top four. Uh, what do you have at number four? All right, bring on the trolls. You know what's uh, coming. Oh, here we go. I'm going with the title track. Wow. Octavarium. Whew. Yeah. All right, Ex explain yourself. That That's... Well, I'm fighting um, words. I don't think it's my favorite epic uh, song of theirs. And I'd be interested to see when we actually did the full album review what i said about it because it might have been something totally different because <laughs> right. i change my mind all the time when we redo these sure um i don't know it's just i think it's a little too long um for starters and again it's it's sad it's droney it's not there's nothing rocking about it at all that's for sure there's cool symphonic moments. There's cool keyboards. I don't. I don't know. Well, I know that you don't even know that Elton John and Billy Joel have keyboards. We learned that from our <laughs> Iron Maid. So I don't even know if you can hear the keyboards. But uh, the first two minutes is basically Jordan doing stuff, or four minutes on a continuum, yeah. Dick. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I know uh, things. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I just 
I just never really go to like I just really want to sit down and listen to Octavarian the song. So okay. it, it's definitely why I did not want to remotely be involved in the uh <laughs> cage match battle over it because it's not Octavarium worth it. in the octagon. Yeah, it wasn't worth talking about to me. I mean a lot of cool musical parts in it, you know, and I, I don't know, I just get the it's just I don't know, it just kind of lulls you to sleep. I mean it is it's a cool kind of a haunting melody, but um I don't know. I just uh the other three songs I have on here, I'd rather listen to those all day long as opposed to throwing on the title track. So I got it at number four. Okay. I I mean I, I can't blame you. I, I would say it's 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 probably isn't a very good way to phrase it but i would say may, maybe it's a challenging listen because it does take a while to get there um i i just i just find it to be interesting um you know along the way i i think it's a, i think it's a cool journey i think it to, to me it's it's kind of like you know I'm, I'm probably stealing my thunder from where i have it but um to me it's kind of like a nice little if you take the rest of the record and, and take the, take the highlights and smash it into one like 20 minute song, you get the title track. So I, I, it's almost like a greatest, greatest hits, you know, <laughs> Daryl Hazi says, sorry, Brian is wrong. <laughs> He's my uh, buddy from St. Louis. <laughs> it shows you how much he knows. He, <laughs> a, he's friends with me. B is from St. Louis. So that is uh, awesome. Well, th- you know what? This brings my point, though, man. I mean, you you have to sit through all of Sacrifice Sons, and then you're treated to the first four minutes of Octavarium, and it's just it's a little tough, man. That's a that's a long sit. Yeah, I I, I can't blame you. Uh, it's it's very atmospheric. I think it works much better live. Um, I think it was definitely Jordan being like, "Hey, check out this continuum, man. Like, this thing rocks," you know. So it was him, you, you know, using a new toy. Uh, Ali Studio or Ali Studio. If, if I'm mispronouncing that, dude, I apologize. Um, he says, now that Mike Portnoy is back, what are you two looking forward to on the new Dream Theater album when it comes out? Well, Ali Studio, that is exactly what we will probably be talking about next Friday, December 22nd at our annual fan hangout episode right here uh, on all of these streaming locations at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune into that, and we just might talk about that. So, um, All right, so my number four, I might get killed for this one. Uh, my number four is Panic Attack. Wow. So, yeah. I'm uh, shocked, shocked more than I'm mad. I'm just surprised. Well, I, I, I love the top four songs that I have, so... Um, this, I mean, th- this is, you know, this is just. I, I think we said before, like the, the the lyrical content matches, you know, the frenetic energy of the music. So, I, it's a great song, dude. It's just busy and it just goes, and you know, it's got James doing some weird vocal in it, and um, I mean, this is, you know, if, if when you get into a Dream Theater record, I think most fan, excuse me, most fans, if not all fans would probably say this is the type of song they're waiting to hear you know you're not what you're not waiting to hear the answer lies within you're not you know if, if you see a 20 minute song you're probably into it but you got a little bit of trepidation like okay is it going to hit is it going to miss i i think what fans are really into are songs like this you know panic attack like just dream theater doing dream theater things and it's just so busy and just so much going on it's like you're almost like ping-ponging back and forth between 
you know, all the different crazy instrumental stuff that's going on in this song. And it's just, it's a great listen. So, um, yeah, I, I really like this one, but it is number four on my list. So I do have three others ahead of it. Uh, Cam McLeish says his number three is Panic Attack, which actually surprised me. It's everything I like at a good ballsy rocker from D- uh, DT, and I think it would be up there. And yet, Chastity Crawley, uh, she has it tied for number four with Never Enough. We finally sort of agree. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so that's my number four. Uh, what do you have as your number three? Let's get into our top three. Well, this will surprise you. It's kind of what you just did. Uh, I got Root of All Evil at three. Wow. Okay, I thought that would be your number one. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with the Kale. Like this, they can do. They could open the every concert with this with this song. I think it's a great opener. Yeah. You know, or if it's one of those where they're gonna do like, I don't know, an insane amount of songs or something, and they take a break and it's you know it opens the next set or comes back as part of a four, five, three, four song encore. Yeah. Uh, the, the the coolest thing about this, and I, I re- finally realized why I love this song so much. That guitar riff is just slightly behind the beat, and it just it chunks it, and it makes it so goddamn heavy when it's just a just a hair 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 behind what Portnoy does, and it makes it so freaking fat, and it just that groove that dare 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 dare. I mean, it just yeah. It just it just gets in your it's one of those you know they call them the earworm it just gets in there it digs yeah. and it's going and it's like I can't get this out of my head man I mean I know it's a riff that they can play in their sleep and probably didn't take a whole lot to develop but it's got a killer melody on top of it and uh, I mean probably my my two biggest songs probably is we we talked about openers before but in the presence of enemies part one which that's actually two yeah. separate songs it's not one song okay and, whatever whatever. Um, and uh, it would probably be Root of All Evil. Those would be my two favorites to probably open a show. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, hard, hard to argue with that, dude. I'm, yeah. I, I don't remember where I had Root of All Evil on my ranking of, of openers. Um, you know, we, we really got to go back and watch those shows and write down our rankings and have them at hand so we're like, <laughs> we can actually say like what where we had it. Because we do this every time. Like, where did we have that on our list? Nah, it beats the shit out of me. <laughs> well, I just want to know what I said about it last time. I used to keep some of my notes, but then I'm like, well, I don't want to like literally, literally repeat the same thing. But that's all we do anyway is repeat ourselves. So <laughs> why should this be any different, I guess? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. So Cam McLeish says, where's the guy who said sorry? Brian is wrong. Because you can remove the sorry now. <laughs> nice. Uh, my number three is i walk beside you and uh it's pretty high up there yeah well this song you know it's um this was the second in the pairings where depending on my mood i could flip-flop you know this one in panic attack i i could flip-flop i think but i walk beside you is it was very striking to me the first time i heard the record you know as we talked about I'm like, wow, this is a Dream Theater song? What the hell is this? Um, So I just thought it was really cool that, you know, it was this, like, just straight up, like, happy melody and and all this, you know. And, um, and again, this this is probably a vote based on a little bit of, like, personal bias because, uh, you know, obviously I saw it at score. Go ahead and drink for all those of you scoring at home. Um, But also... 
my best friend, uh, we, we kind of, uh, we met through music. I was playing down in uh, Dayton when she was going to college down there. And we've, that was God, 2002 or something. And we've been best friends ever since I walked her mom down the aisle, uh, for her wedding and stuff like that. Um, and she had asked me one time, you know, she never listened to dream theater. She's into pop music and stuff. And she said, was there any, any dream theater songs I would actually like? And I said, you know, check out this one. And I I played her. I walked beside you. And then she was, she's like, I love the lyrics. She's like, it's kind of like our friendship. You know, I feel that like we kind of do this for you. I'm like, wow. So this kind of has that, you know, personal kind of, you know, connection for me for that reason too. So, um, and, and to me, it's just a good song. I, it, it's pretty cool. It's like a palate cleanser, I think, you know, because in a dream theater record, everything's so busy and just, you know, you get all these crazy instrumental parts or these really mellow parts and stuff. And this is just like, Hey, here's like, a, you know, a top 40 tune right in the middle of everything to kind of like reset you and get you ready for the rest of the record. So I, I just, I, I really, really, I really, I really, really dig it, man. So it's, um, it, it, I think it's a great song, and I, I think, I think it catches shit needlessly too. Um, I, I think a lot of fans kind of crap on this song, and I, I really don't understand why. So, um, look, <laughs> Kale actually nailed exactly what I was going to say. He said, "quote unquote," this was the second song they played at score, so I love it. Waiting for those exact words, and I, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Doug McCauley, good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. He says, I kind of want to agree. It's got an innocence faded vibe mixed with something from falling into infinity. Yeah, I could see that, man. Um, innocence faded. That's a good comparison for this one. And falling into infinity, I think, is a little more accessible. So I think that's a good take, man. Uh, Robert Houston, of course, playing the drinking game, all caps. Second time score was mentioned. I repeat, second time score was mentioned. Everyone take a drink. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be hammered after the first 10 minutes next week. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that drinking game. Good Lord. Uh, Doug McCauley, he says, LOL, it's the pickled ginger before the sashimi. <laughs> that's a that's that's a pretty classy remark for the show, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Especially no one has any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's sushi. It's sushi talk. I don't eat sushi, but at least I know that. Um, we, we, have, we, are, we have battles go, raging in the chat about Octavarium again. Is that is that the most polarizing song on the whole show? Is is Octavarium it's, the most polarizing? Seems to be. I don't know why. Let's. We get the most comments about anytime that comes up, we start getting like fans going at it in the chat. <laughs> I would think "Walk Beside You" should be like you said. That should be more polarizing, or uh, I don't know. I guess the astonishing in general is pretty polarizing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good take. Good take. All right, so we are officially at our top two. What do you have as number two? Full disclosure, I didn't even know this song existed when this album first came out because I was kind of sort of not that thrilled with them. And it's become one of my favorite songs that they've done. I wish I could hear it more. These Walls. We completely agree on our number two. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, one of the few where Jordan gets to drive the main riff on the keyboard there with the power synth, you know, after that kind of quirky thing they do in the beginning. Um, the coolest part about the song, and listening to it again today, man, Portnoy. The, during the verses, that groove on the hi-hat and the cymbals, man, all yeah. those little accidenty things and the, the way that's the tension you're getting from the bass 
and then you get the clean kind of chords that that uh, Petrucci plays on top. Those sort of those echoey, jangly things. There's this perfect tension between that rhythm there and what that bass is accenting. Like you really get a just a killer groove going in the verses on this song. And uh, kind of there's a little bit of a subtle kind of a bridge B part towards where the solo is, but the the solo man, it's like it channels his inner Neil Schoen there, man. Perfect. Those little single notes in that one little part there just sing right off the guitar. And uh, I think a song that, that I don't know if people even remember or think about much, but uh, I, I really do like these walls. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think this is an incredibly underrated song. Um, you're right with the groove. And the the, the I was going to bring this up myself, so I'm glad you mentioned it. The, the Like the cymbal play in the verses that Portnoy is pulling off is just, I love, I've said it so many times in the show, but bears repeating i love when he does that stuff because you get this simple you know clean guitar with the piano like doom 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 you know and he's you know all this kind of wow <laughs> doug mccauley put on the i put it he said these balls he said sophomoric enough for this channel yep sophomoric is is, is always where we land doug <laughs> so sophomoric humor is right up our alley um but yeah, I, I I I'm completely with you, man. I I like that um, this was one of the songs that was um, a B side for um, the uh, uh, Luna Park live at Luna Park, and it's also on one of the uh, Lost Not Forgotten archives. I I think it's from the dramatic yeah from the dramatic turn tour, and it's a really cool version of it. Um, you know, because it's kind of raw. And yeah, I, I just there's a lot like everything in the song is just cool. You know, it's it's on a seven string. So it's like it's one of those like seven string songs where the seven string actually adds to the melody, not as much as it adds to the heaviness. You know what I mean? And you don't get that a lot. Like usually the seven string is used to like just let's make it ballsy and fat like and it does that to a degree in this one. But I think it more kind of adds a little bit more melody than it does heaviness which i've i've always really liked uh i'm with you about you know the the the, the guitars mixing with the piano and stuff like that um it's got like a i i like in the chorus like the drums you know it's like break down these walls for me and it's not just a straight it's it's a din, din, ga, din, din. it's you know like a, i don't know if it's a triplet or whatever but it's you know it's 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 a kind of a busy little thing for such a simple chorus which is which is really really cool. So yeah, I, I love this song, dude. I, I I think I I would love to hear it again at some point. Um, I I think it is just criminally underplayed and underrated in their catalog. So, um, all right, we we have reached the uh, penultimate song, if that's the right term. There you go. See, I do have words. I read. Remember, uh, what do you have as your number one? favorite song on octavarium you know i'm gonna put sacrifice sons there i'm gonna have it first and last no, <laughs> i changed my mind mid-podcast you almost it's... had a, you almost had a panic attack when i was doing it didn't you <laughs> oh my god why do you always have to do so many puns man it's never I enough i don't know <laughs> if these walls could talk about the puns <laughs> No, yeah, I got uh, panic attack. I mean, you, you, you and Kale both brought it up. Like it, 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 I think you said you both. It has everything you want in the Dream Theater song. You know, it's got the heaviness, 
It's got the killer vocal. It has something that I normally kind of don't like in some of their stuff and in, in rock in general, where it's the, it kind of has that free flow stream of consciousness lyrically thing where it's going on. And sometimes that bothers me where you, where you just say a bunch of words, you know, like, dun, 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 you know what I mean? But it, it totally works in this song. And, you know, this song, as I said before, it's made by the that bridge, the down, 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 down. Yeah. When you exit the keyboards and you got the big choir, you know, yep. sound behind you. Like, that's what makes Dream Theater, Dream Theater at their best when they get these big dynamic parts behind these killer guitar riffs. Yep. And these metal moments on drums. And, I mean, it's it's like perfection. Yeah. I mean, this is uh daryl has thank you thank you for correcting me I, i'm never sure he says penultimate is second best uh okay well so th- my penultimate song is these walls then thank you i i, I misspoke <laughs> all right maybe i don't know so much stuff <laughs> so daryl daryl's entire facebook feed is like all of these like english things that are butchered and him well, going good. off about uh, him look. going off about it I, I, as well he should I mean, people got to learn to use the damn language, for Christ's sakes. So there we go. Hey, words is words, man. Words is words, man. Um, yeah, no, a panic attack is great because it just doesn't stop. You're like, it, 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 you know, it comes in. You're like, this rules. And then like 30 seconds later, you're like, this still rules. And a minute later, you're like, this still rules. And it's just it's it's just kick ass all the way through. It's just one of the it's it's unrelenting. See, Daryl Haas, I know I got that one right. Um yeah, it's it's a it's very unrelenting. It's just pure kinetic energy, and you know if you if you like Jordan's keyboard playing at its craziest, like he's got a bunch of crazy stuff in here. If you like the bass just going off, you know John Mayung is here. You know Portnoy, you know Petrucci, like even like I said, James does a, a weird vocal thing in there. It's you know, it's it's a great song, man. It's should we call it right now? This is going to be the opener when they come out. You know, no? or is this this just too big to open with? Well, it sucks that you mentioned that because I, I I guess I could tease this now. I wanted to, I I, I want to start the like, or I I can't say start, but at some point during the fan hangout next week, I want to have this debate, like what we think the opening song of the of the of the new tour with Portnoy is going to be. Um, you know, I mean, and, and if it's prefacing that with saying like, okay. If it's not going to be the opening track on the new record, you know, because I, I I think it's obviously going to be. So I think it, what's what the my thing would be. Okay, what's the second song going to be? So you know, that's a good point. They're not going to if they do a new album. The first thing they're going to do is something off of that. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Opening song, first tour back with Portnoy, Repentance. <laughs> Robert Houston said it before. <laughs> so I was saying it. Oh, I, I thought you were reading the comment. <laughs> no, I was just saying it out loud. I mean, we only oh, used that God. joke like twelve times when the news came back. So let's go ahead That's and okay. go for a thirteenth. We 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 do nothing on this show if not beat jokes into the ground. So, <laughs> so. and misclassify them as being jokes too. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So my number one is no surprise. Uh, Ali's studio agrees with me. It is the title track, Octavarium. When I think of this album, I think of this song. The live version is absolutely fabulous. I um, can't remember if I saw this one two or three times, but in any case, it was just awesome. Um, this is just one of the best Dream Theater tracks there is to me. 
uh, again, like I said earlier, it's kind of like it, it's like a greatest hits of the rest of the record. I'll smash into one pile. And since I like this record, uh, that's not a bad thing. I, I think they took all the coolest parts from the other songs and took little bits of them and put it in there. I like, you know, the the you know near the end when they're doing, you know, the vocal, the lyric is based around nothing but like uh, song titles of other songs. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, and I, I also like, you know, in my head, I can kind of picture the the animation from this. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember I if this was. I don't remember if they if they started doing the animation on the train of thought tour. I, I think the first time they did the animation was actually this for Octavarium because I know they had like the maze and the spider and the big spider and all that kind of crap. Like, oh, man, it was just so cool. So there's just so much to like about this song, I think. And uh, as much as, you know, you don't like it because of the, you know. Uh, <laughs> Tara Haas, is Brian picking Toe Jam? <laughs> I saw that. I looked up like, God damn, it does look like he's picking his toes. <laughs> you know, we, we got we got proof recently that Mike Portnoy watched at least one of our episodes. Watch, this is the one he tunes into when we're yeah. talking about Brian picking his goddamn toes. <laughs> Doug McCauley, he's picking Yitze Jam. <laughs> Doug wins tonight. Doug wins. Listen, Daryl, oh. go, go get your bass parts down for Diadex and Narcepts, all right? <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's, a, that's a Rush reference that you won't get. Well, I'm, hey, I, I am like two-thirds of the way through Getty Lee's autobiography, so... Um, Robert Husted, quote unquote, the animation started at score, and I would know because I've been to score. <laughs> oh my God! If I can make it to your wedding, hey. Robert, I'm giving you, I'm giving you nothing but a picture of a middle finger in that card of yours. Um, <laughs> really quick, do you have Paramount Plus? Getty I do. Lee, Getty, have you seen that Getty Lee show on there? Oh, is that the base one? Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I didn't know it was on there. No, I just Aiken hooked me up because he got he got an he got an extra login and he hooked up steph and i with it so yeah it's cool the, check it the out. second one is uh trujillo okay you'll probably hate all the others but uh that <laughs> one's well. cool <laughs> um but yeah i mean b back to octavarium like i just to me there's nothing i dislike about this song um you know e even even the long intro it's like four minutes of just nothing but a you know a continuum solo but i i it something about it sounds kind of cool i like the ambience um in a, in a way it's weird like I like how long it takes to get into something even remotely quote unquote heavy or that has any aggression to it. But I, I, it's, it's like kind of like a slow burn and I think it makes it interesting. You know, it's, it's one of those times where they don't, you know, even, even for long songs, they, they kind of get, get to part to part a little quicker. And on this one, they don't, it, it, it kind of keeps a similar vibe, you know, throughout. And I like it. So uh, this is, I, I like your use of the word slow burn because i use that to describe movies that i like a lot and i but i've noticed that my wife if i try to use that word she's like well i already know i'm going to hate this so, <laughs> so, right. so she's like basically i love that in a movie yeah you know what i'm fine with the slow burn in a song again i just i'm going to stand by my sacrifice sons into octavarium is that's 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 a big ask man yeah i, I and, and you know what dude i can totally see that I, th I think that's why this record, you know, for people that aren't as into it, like I can understand why. Again, it's it's very unique in their catalog. There's some stuff that you don't get anywhere else. Like we said, never enough. I walk beside you. 
And I think, you know, as much as I don't mind, you know, Sacrifice Sons, I mean, I had it at number six in my list. Um, and I, I love the title track. I, I think you make a very good point that if you're somebody who's not a fan of Sacrifice Sons or the title track, to have them back to back, it is kind of a weird it's kind of a weird track listing kind of thing, but, but that's the thing. Like when you look at the record, like, and you think, well, the sequencing was weird. If you try and resequence it, nothing really works very well. You know you what I think? I, can, can you start with Octavarium or no, you're saying no, no. I mean, even, even for a dream theater fan, I think that's, I mean, honestly, it's like the one thing they haven't done unless you want to consider a nightmare to remember. I mean, but, that in and of itself is a discussion right there i mean do you do you consider a nightmare to remember in terms of length and how epic it is do do you when you think of a dream theater epic do you do you put a nightmare to remember on the same level as octavarium illumination theory the count of tuscany change of seasons like i don't even though it's only a couple minutes shorter than those songs it's a different flavor um yeah actually, it's, it's that weird I, that, isn't that, it they actually like more but it is slightly it's, it's roughly the same length a little bit shorter yeah yeah I, I don't know i mean you obviously you can't put it in the middle so it's almost like i don't know if it's it's, it's not like a quite a twenty one twelve thing because i don't think you can put all seven songs on one side of the album and then put this on the other you know what i mean i don't know that yeah. that works either so i don't know kale says you know what Images and words has a similar problem. Wait for sleep and learning to live together is great, but the rest of the album kind of does the same odd balance as this one. Good Lord, Kale. All right, it took you like hmm. an hour and two minutes to come up with a horrible take, so I will give you credit on that one. <laughs> you were fine up until there. Don't you dare ever say images and words has a sequencing problem. That is, that is just complete blasphemy. That's like yeah. saying moving pictures has a sequencing problem yeah i i I got i gotta say kale like that one i'm gonna disagree with you like strongly i i I think that record is sequenced perfectly um you know but but also you know one of the i mean learning to live to me has always been kind of like uh you know like i was saying about the title track here octavarium like learning to live is almost like a greatest hits of the rest of the record you know where images and words is concerned so you know Doug McCauley. (laughs) (laughs) What a question. It's not quite long enough. (laughs) Yeah, I never actually heard anyone say that. Yeah, uh... Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Doug. It's like I, you know, when you, if you talk to Dream Theater fans and you say, hey, man, name me the Dream Theater epics, I don't think anyone's going to come up with, you know, Nightmare to Remember. I mean, they're all going to go to obviously a change of seasons and, and this one, Octavarium, and, you know, the other stuff. So, um well i think it's because it's so heavy and it's such more of a rocker kind of vibe yeah you know very much so i mean i I don't think people even you know would consider in the presence of enemies you know because that is one complete song just split into two halves (laughs) um (laughs) it took you let's see an hour and three minutes to say your fourth (laughs) totally horrible take (laughs) oh my god so all right so real quick let's uh Let's talk about the fan hangout next week. So we uh, we have some great guests coming on. Uh, Chastity Crawley will be jumping on with us. Kale McLeish, Robert Husted. Uh, we are going to be having, uh, if he's still able to make it, Everett Painter from Dream Theater USA. The Dream Theater fan club is going to join us. So he'll be on. And we are also going to have uh, 
Hennig. Uh, yeah, okay. Mike Al, thank you. He says, Nightmare to Remember is epic, but isn't an epic. It's a great way to phrase it, man. That is a great way to phrase it. Um, but yeah, so we are going to have Hennig on. Uh, his last name is Mielke, I want to say. Uh, but he actually is over in Germany. And he worked with the band uh, in the mid to late 90s. He actually worked for their label. And uh, he worked with the band personally. So he's going to talk a little bit about that. Um, if any of you guys would like to co-host the show for a little bit, just shoot us an email at uh, talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com. Uh, that's next Friday, December 22nd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's it's always a great show, man. I, I always look forward to that one because it's just a free-form discussion about anything. So obviously, you know, we talk dream theater as much as anybody wants, but if the conversation veers off into something else, we let it. And uh, you and I, I usually... I'm going to put a moratorium on Octavarium talk, though, the song. <laughs> because the fan hangout will turn into me hanging myself from a fan if we, if we go... <laughs> If we go down to that, <laughs> we are seriously, there is to be no talk of the song Octavarium. We're oh, that is, this is the, this is the final chance to do. This is like the, the farewell Octavarium song tour right here. That is phenomenal. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. Chastity Crawley, the, the fan hangout subtitled drinking into infinity. Yes. I, I will be doing the gorilla farts. Feel free to join me. It is uh one third. Uh, it's, it's a three part shot. One third Jägermeister, one third whiskey, and one third technically supposed to be one fifty one, but I don't know if I can find the little individual bottle, so I'll figure out something else horrible. Uh, Kale actually wants to do some uh, self promo, and that is totally fine. Kale has a band called Lines of Conviction, and he's already got one single out, and his new single drops tomorrow here in the states. Uh, so, Kale, what's the name of the song, and where can people get it? So let everybody know. Um, Kale's band is really, really good. Uh, it, it's it's a cool listen, man. It's a little bit poppy. Uh, got a little bit of heaviness to it. it. It's really, really good. So I would really suggest you guys check that out. Um, but yeah, so next Friday uh, is the Fan Hangout. Like I said, it's, it's uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So same show time. And again, anything goes. And the, you know, we've done the, this will be our third one. And it's it's gotten pretty spirited. We've had some great stuff in there. You know, we had, uh, um, who the hell was, was it? Was it Sarcasmo that came on? Sarcasmo's Holy, or was, who the heck was it? Oh, no, it was, uh, 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 what was the, the guy with the Japanese name? Miso something or other? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, so he came on and, and he actually hung out with Pantera back before, like, before they were signed and while they were getting signed in Dallas. So he was talking about that and, um, just some really cool stuff comes up, man. It's it's a great it's a great chance to just hang out, have some drinks, celebrate the holidays, and just bullshit with fans of Dream Theater and music in general. So, uh, it's it's definitely a show that I really really look forward to all year long because it's just a lot of fun to have fans on to actually host the show, and um, I, I love it, man. So, uh, Kale McLeish says that the single is called Little Guy. Uh, you named after Brian's Brian's Pecker. Um, it's called Little Guy, and you can get it just about anywhere thanks to the distributing team. So there you go. Look up Lines of Conviction, Little Guy. Here in the States, it'll be out tomorrow on Friday. So make sure you grab that. If you're overseas and you're a day behind us, it is already available. So go check that out. Uh, Kale, what's the name of the first single? Um, put that in there so I can, I can have him look that up too. So, um, Well, man, this was fun. So... 
as usual, we we have to do um, the random number generator to see which which uh, which record we're going to do next. So let's see what we got here. Kale oh. says the uh, first single was "Open Hearts." So Open Hearts. Okay, check that out. All right, let's see here. Let's see, pull this up on the screen real quick. Unless you want me to just do it because I'm terrible at bringing up shit on the screen. Just do it. But, uh, yeah. All right. So we have the random number generator. Here we go. Where the hell is my damn stream yard? There How many of these have we done? Just two? Yeah, we, we've done uh, When Dream and Day Unite. This is our third one we did. Oh, we when Dream three. and Day Unite. Yeah. When Dream and Day Unite. And we've done uh, Scenes from a Memory and now this one. Okay. All right. This looks good. It was shit, but I don't care. Here we go. 1 through 15. And we get album number 9, which I believe would be Black Clouds. A am I am I correct in saying that? I have no idea. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah, that's too many right. albums to try to keep track of, man. All right. So it would be, let's see. When Dreaming Day Unite, Images and Words, Awake, Falling into Infinity, Scenes from a Memory, uh, Six Degrees. Obviously, after that, we would have Train of Thought. And then this one, Octavarium. Then we would have Systematic Chaos. Yeah, Black Clouds. Is that Systematic Chaos, Kale? You counted wrong, my friend. I think you counted wrong. I don't think so. Did I miss one? When Dream and Day Unite is one, Images is two, Awake is three, Falling into Infinity is four, Scenes from a Memory is five, Six Degrees is six, Train of Thought is seven, Octavarium is eight. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I did skip one. Okay, yep. Oh, and you know, Kale. Now that you said, I what a you know, God damn it, what a fucking dumbass. Octavarium being eight. How did I miss? Oh, I Plus and I six, know that uh, six degrees is six too, isn't it? Christ. Yeah, I, I know that one. What a goddamn moron. Why do we have a podcast about the band? God damn it, we can't even count. Oh, what, oh hey, well, what's this we shit? That's, oh please, you man, you're, you're no better than me. You're no better than me. But as soon as everybody sees what you'll be drinking next week, they'll agree with me. <laughs> yeah, but at least I'll oh, be able boy. to count how many beers I had. <laughs> right, it's Doug McCauley. Do, do you count a change of seasons? No, because you can't really rank the songs. It's like, all right, what song do you have number one? <laughs> change of seasons. Okay, the show's over. So, all right, so systematic chaos. Here we go. This brings up the age-old debate. Do we count? Just stop. <laughs> In the presence of enemies, has one song or no? We don't. It's got to be, especially for this. It has oh, to be two. My Otherwise, gosh. it's not going to be. It's got to be two for this. Uh yes. Okay. All right. So next time, next time we do a, an album ranking, it will be uh, systematic chaos. That one is. I, I think we all know. Uh, it. it However many songs are on there. Just figure there's one less because we already know what, what each of our last place songs going to be. If you have anything other than repentance in last place, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to fire you from the show. Kale says uh, rank the movements. Well, Kale, actually, I had taco salad earlier. And about three <laughs> I was hours waiting later, for it. Three hours later, I would say. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, even I am not. Uh, well, you know what? Come to think of it. I don't know if repentance is quite as bad as you think it is. Oh, God. 
No, oh, I, I, have, I have too. I have too much love for that album in general to. Uh, like we we don't even have to. We could just like start with what is there seven on that one or eight? Uh that's a good question. Is it eight? If you count "Presence of Enemies" as one, we might only be eight. Now we'll split it into two. Okay. Track list. Is it eight or is it nine? Yeah, eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, eight, eight. Okay. Well, that's good. So just like this one, there's eight. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, this is so funny. So then there's like, really only seven if we're not even going to count repentance. Yeah. So so we got we got proof that Mike Portnoy actually at least saw part of one of our shows. We have a screenshot showing that. And I keep thinking, like, which what one? If he, uh, the one where he came back, like we, the, our breaking news episode. I, I won't say how we know it, but we d- we did get a screenshot that uh, proves that he was watching, or at least that someone s- sent him a screenshot of our show. So, um, <laughs> and breaking it, news show. And it, uh, yeah, well, um, this, and I always wonder, like, does he watch other shows? And it's like I'm thinking, well, we'll never get him on because if he ever hears like the way that I just am not a fan of Repentance, he's gonna be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> so, uh but I have to be honest, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just be like a total Homer fanboy, um, much as that's my role. So, well, all right, man. Uh, why don't we jump out of here? Uh, many, many thanks to all you guys in the chat, as always. Uh, Kale McLeish, Chastity Crawley, Doug McCauley, Robert Husted, Daryl Haas, our uh, English teacher, which I apparently needed. Mike L., good to see you uh ari's studio great to see you man we had arturo in here talking some uh octavarium you guys are awesome you guys are the engine that drives the show as always uh do not forget you guys we will next be live uh actually next week it will be friday one week from tomorrow it'll be december 22nd at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time it is our annual fan hangout show uh brian and i'll be having drinks and uh, we will be having a bunch of you guys on camera as co-hosts and again uh Start talking Dream Theater, but wherever the conversation goes is where the conversation goes. We just let it flow, and we just kind of want to hang out with you guys and bullshit music. And since you know we're all over the country, if not all over the world, it's it's great to get in a room together and just kind of do that. So uh, it's definitely my favorite show of the year. Brian actually is against the idea because he's just a heartless asshole. Um, but see, he won't even defend himself. See, he's like shit. He outed me. <laughs> How could you out me? I was never end. <laughs> True. No, as long as we're we're just not going to talk about Octavarium. That's all. That's all. That's fine. Hey, man, wherever it goes, it goes. But I, I will say we, we could put a moratorium on that. Yes. We, we could put a moratorium on it because we, we did a whole episode, Octavarium in the Octagon, where we battled it out about that song. And it is it is frequently in the chat. So I don't think that's an unfair request. So we will we will uh, you know put the kibosh on Octavarium Talk, the title track. So, uh, All right, guys. Well, again, I'm your host, John. He is Brian. Uh, we will be right back here on Friday, December 22nd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Fan Hangout. If you can't make that, our next regular show is going to be on Thursday, January 11th uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that'll be our next regular show, our first show of 2024. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Can't believe it's been over three years we've been doing this show now. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, if you are watching on YouTube right now, again, please 
click that like button and click that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. We are always on and doing our dumb little shtick uh, every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, TheCMSNetwork.com, and the CMS Rumble page. So, Ryan, eight more days and we will be hanging out, having some gorilla farts, whatever swill you decide to mix up, some witch's brew of Bud Ice and Four loco, And, uh, yeah, until next time, guys, we'll see you in just over a week at the annual Fan Hangout. And as always, guys, carpe diem.